0: Well, where do you keep your passwords? You keep them in a drawer, right next to your computer, or maybe even taped to the monitor on your computer. Or if you're like I was, you keep them in your head, or you try to. Well, none of those things work really well. Today, I want to talk to you about doing something that's easy and much more secure, and that is using a password manager. Stay tuned. Well, this is Tech Tips for Seniors, a show with tips for seniors or anyone on how to better use technologies such as smartphones and computers. And I'm your host, Bruce Ciata. Well, we're doing a mini series on things you should do to keep your computer in good running shape. I call these things good data hygiene. And today's show is on using a password manager. So why would you want to do that? Well, for one thing, you'll be able to find passwords uh, very easily, and at the same time, you'll be able to keep them in a very secure place. So uh, I know for one, in my experience, it's been very, very hard for me to deal with all the passwords that I have because there's so many of them, and I found myself accumulating more and more passwords, and then I would forget them. So in order to prevent myself from forgetting them, Uh, I would use the same password over and over again. And that's a really insecure way to keep passwords because if someone gets access to one of your sites, let's say it's your email and your email gets hacked, then that password becomes known to them and they'll try all the other sites that you might have access to. They'll know from your email, things like your bank and other places that you go to and they'll try using that password The bad guys uh, really know uh, a lot about how to use passwords, and they also know all the very easy passwords. So don't try those. Uh, Those are ones where you have like a name of your own family member, and then the numbers that go along with it. Uh, That's so 80s. Uh, Today, that's very, very dangerous, and you don't want to find yourself in that situation. Uh, Another dangerous thing that a lot of people do with passwords today is they write them down. Uh, so that they don't forget them. And then they store them in very terrible places, like tape them to their computer screen or they put them in the desk drawer right where their computer sits. And so if someone was to have access to your location, uh, that password list would be invaluable and very easy for a cook to make good use out of them and put you in a lot of trouble. So there are a few very acceptable solutions to prevent all of this. Uh, One of of those solutions is to take your passwords and put them in a document that has a password to the document. And you can create passwords for your documents and store them on your computer. Uh, And you can make those passwords very complex so that it's not easy for someone to guess if they were to have access to that document. The problem with that is that it only works when you have access to that document on your computer. And so your computer has to be handy all the time. That isn't always the case. It's also, to me, a bit cumbersome to use because you always have to open up a document and find where you have that, doc, that password on it and so forth. So I don't really recommend this method. Another method is to use Apple's Keychain, which is a password program that's built into the Apple computers and it also works on the iPhones and iPads. This is a pretty good method if you're completely absorbed into the Apple ecosystem and all you have is Apple devices. If you use anything else other than that, it won't work. Um, The other thing that's a little cumbersome about that program is that currently it only supports one account, meaning one Apple ID. And if you have two family members, and you want to share some passwords between the two of you, say, for instance, you both access the same bank accounts, or that sort of thing, then uh, you're going to have to duplicate those entries in each of your keychains. Uh, now, that, I understand, is uh, going to be fixed in a future release that they have coming, so stay tuned for that. But I think all those methods are a little inferior to the password manager, and here's why. You get one single secure place to keep your passwords. It's convenient, and it also reduces the duplications because it's looking out for uh, passwords that you might have that are reused across them. And so we're going to try to mitigate that problem by helping you to update to a more secure password. The other thing is that it works across all of your devices, whether they are Apple or other devices, you may have an Android phone and a Mac computer or the other way around. So this password manager methodology will work on any of your devices. So I want to talk to you about how a password manager actually works. Now, there's quite a few to choose from. You could pick uh, from this selection of three that I, I know of. LastPass is one, uh, Dashlane is another. But the one that I use and the one that I can recommend is something called 1Password. Now, I don't have any vested uh, interest behind my promoting 1Password. It's just one I'm comfortable with and one that I've had good success with. Now, most of these programs, they all have a fee associated with them. It's not that much. And if you look at it across an annual basis, it may run you somewhere in the neighborhood of around $50 a year. So that's not really that bad, a couple of dollars each month. Um, The other thing you can be sure of is that they all work across the different types of devices. And each one has... At least most of them do special configurations for the different browsers that you may use for example i use a safari browser and a chrome browser at different times and both of them are configured to work with one password they have something called an extension we also in our family have something called a family subscription which allows us to have different buckets where we put our passwords there's one bucket for each of us. My wife and I have our separate passwords we use for doctors that we go to or places where we get subscriptions from. But then there's also this shared bucket where both of us can have access to the passwords, for example, for our banking accounts and that sort of thing. So those, why, those are some of the reasons why I think 1Password or something like it in a family configuration may work for a number of people. So how do you use these programs? Well, uh, there's one single master password that you want to make very strong and complex. So you would make it out to be like a passphrase and sometimes multiple words would be the best way to do it, where you substitute some of the words with capital letters and numbers, and you might even have spaces in between or special characters uh, in there. So you wanna make sure that that one's very secure because if anyone has access to your password program, they're gonna have access to all your passwords. And so that one's really critical. And the second step you, you start with is adding passwords. Now you can add passwords to it in different ways. One is you can put them in as you go. For example, just like when you add the next password, put it into your password manager. Or I would recommend that you move into it In other words, you take your list of passwords, all the ones that you have already recorded, and then you're going to need three pieces of information for each of your passwords. You'll need to know the user ID, which is normally your email address, although some sites use different kinds of user IDs. And then you'll need your password, the one you're currently using, and then the website, that you go to, to enter that password. If you have those three pieces of information, then the next step is to enter those in as a new entry in your password manager. Once you've got that entered in, then I recommend you change the password to one that the password manager recommends. And what they'll do is they'll create a password that's complex and one which you don't want to remember because it's it's too complicated for you to even try. It can be any length of characters. Usually, they're 12 to 20 characters. They're a mixture of alphanumeric and special characters. And that's how then the program would be of most help to you because the next time you go in, and you should test this as soon as you've made the entry, is go in to that website and use that new password and make sure that it's working properly before you go on through to your considering it checked off and done. So when you have all that done, the next time you go to your computer to get to that site, you'll just enter your master password. And if you have like fingerprint or face ID on your device, then you won't even have to enter that every time you can just use your biometric method to get access to it and then you have a search bar and you'll just enter the name of the site you want to get access to for example enterprise rental car would be one that I have access to so I'll just type start typing in enterprise rental and it'll come up on the list and I just click on that entry and click uh, enter and fill or you can go directly to the website that you want to go if you know it or you use a bookmark And when you click on that field, uh, where you would normally enter your user ID, as long as you have your password program unlocked, then you'll see, uh, or even if you don't, you'll see a little lock that comes up on that field. And if you click on it, and then click on the login flag that appears right below it, the program will fill that data in for you. Uh, Then you just click the sign in button, and you're in. That's it. Well, thanks for joining me today on Tech Tips for Seniors. Uh, Let me know if this was helpful by leaving a note in the comments section. And please remember to like, subscribe, and pass this on to a friend who can get something out of it. It would also be so helpful if you would leave a review. If you've already done this, then thank you very much. And stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Tips for Seniors. Take care.